It is 12 o'clock, and Wait a Bulls minute. answer. Okay, what about this? We're going to get to a couple okay. Bulls answers brought to us by Crowley <laughs> Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. We asked Bull that same question, and is Bull saving Tyvis? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cut Tyvis. He's my guy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm keeping Tyvis. I'm trading Jordan. I get a haul for Jordan. And I'm cutting Tiger. See? He's a mess the last decade. Yeah, I love Tiger, you, Tyvis. Tiger's washed. At least, right, listen. I, I love you it. too, boy. Thank hey, you. Hey, See hey, that? Hey, hey, he thinks just like me. You can get so much with Jordan. Man, listen, man. They th- listen, you about, Jordan about to have, you know, Larsa's about to change her last name to Jordan. Who? Larsa Pippen is about to be Larsa Jordan. How? What she said She's that dating is, his kid. She dated Michael Jordan's son. You so she what? said if they get married, she was going to take the what? last name you Jordan. Th- you've taken this too far. <laughs> Michael Jordan is really called checkmate you, on you, this Scotty listen, thing. It's, you, it's, <laughs> it's got really ugly. Scotty should have never did what he did. <laughs> this is bad. Michael Larsa, kid up man. Larsa, you, listen, you know what you're doing. You know what's wrong. This is wrong <laughs> on so many levels. You don't be around here influencing that young man. You know you got, you, you got them... Them ways about you. You need to watch yourself. You going you gonna, you gonna philander all that. Listen, you you rappers, for moguls, and now you go with Scottie Pippen couldn't even get a deal, and you now gonna plea bargain down to his son. Yeah, they his son played for UCF. You don't go with no gold knight. <laughs> this is unacceptable. You're doing way too much. You know what? Somebody need to get her together. Y'all, what's the person that said fix my life? Y'all, y'all fix my life. Listen, she need to. She need to go to Everest College or something like that. She do whatever she need to do to graduate or something. This is sad. You know. I'm gonna. You know pull us ba- I'm gonna pull us back in here before we get down to Larsa Pippen. Oh, oh yeah, look here. Jordan. We have to discuss Evan Mobley's candidacy for the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year award. There have been about 17% of the the votes have been cast, at least publicly. And right now, Mobley is in second place behind Jaron Jackson Jr. on the official ballots that have been cast. However, I know at least one of us on the set believes (coughs) it's a no-brainer. He should be Defensive Player of the Year, and I know Tyvis may not agree with that. So, Jason or G, would you like to start either of you to make a case as to why Evan Mobley should be the NBA's defensive well, player. Well, here's, here's how they do. First of all, I need to get. First of all, let's talk about NBA writers. Uh, NBA writers be having the craziest group thing I've ever seen in my life. Y'all, listen. They, it looked like y'all meet in the secret room and be like, "We are only voting for this guy this year," and then the next year he could have a better year than he did this year, and we're like, "No, he won last year. We're only voting for this guy." You talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo? No, I'm talking about uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Jokic getting three straight MVPs. That's oh. crazy. It's ridiculous. Well, he, well, I, I, he's I mean, not going to win. I mean, LeBron could have won it every single year, but let's we talk about Mobley. Evan Mobley, um, to me, should be the uh, defensive player of the year um, because here's one or two. Re- if, if you're going to say you reward the person who plays and is the most integral part of their team, the Cavs didn't make the playoffs last year. Guess what? They're the number one defensive team in a lot of metrics, right? They made the four C, right? They're the top four in the Eastern Conference. Evan Mobley is the best defensive player on the best defensive team, and they made a crazy jump. Now, if you look at it, um, obviously Jaron Jackson, he does his thing. Cool. You Memphis Grizzly. I like the story. 
Um, but there's a lot of the advanced metrics that say that Evan Mobley is the best defensive player. He contends, he shot blocks, he, he can play off the ball, he can guard five positions. He's just he's just dope. He's just he's he's and <laughs> by the way, he's played how many more how many more games than, than Jaron Jackson? How many more he's games? Played he played 900 more minutes. I, I, for just, the I, just, like, minutes I just like there. G slogan, Evan Mobley. He's just dope. He's just dope. <laughs> <laughs> Super dope. Well, you hit on the last point you made was where I was going to start. Jaron Jackson, I don't have a vote. I lost all my voting privileges when I left the beat. I used to be one of those people you talk about. We used to sit in the room and group things. Hey, Varden, what you got? No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, I don't have a vote anymore. But if I did, it would be Evan Mobley. Uh, Jaron Jackson is off my list just because he hadn't played enough. He's, he's missed too many games. And uh, Brooke Lopez is nice, wonderful player, but he can't guard as many positions as Evan can. No. Evan can switch out guard guards. He could guard anybody on the floor. And I think Jared Allen's probably going to cannibalize some of Evan's votes, not necessarily people voting for Jared, just saying, well, Jared, he's got Jared next to him. And it's true, and you can't really get around that. Jared Allen is a tentpole to what they do defensively. And when Jarrett's not out there, it almost feels like everything sort of deteriorates a little bit. So I think that's going to hurt Evan's chances. That's where but I'm if going. you watch Evan night in and night out, if you watch him play, the body control that he has of being able to alter shots, block shots, and not foul, the way he can position his body, the way he can guard the post, the way he can guard on the perimeter, he's only going to get better. I loved the pick at the time. I, before that draft, I'd said, like, Mobley's the guy that they need. That's the piece that they need. They better hope that he's there. He was there. They took him. He's even better than I thought he was going to be, and he's only going to get better. If he can add a three-point shot to his bag consistently, he's going to be an MVP combination. If, MVP if, discussion. If they the redrafted it, would Evan Mobley go first <laughs> overall? Who was if they first redrafted that NFL draft? NBA. It was uh, Kate Cunningham NBA. and Jalen Green. Were the yeah, two I think Mobley's probably number one pick. I, I agree. I think Mobley's Hands one. Down. And, and Cunningham's probably Kane. Has he done anything? He's been hurt. He's been, he a had lot. a lot of injuries. A lot, a lot. And Scotty Barnes, I hated that. He won rookie of the year last year. I thought that was a mistake. And yeah, Barnes whoa. has not had a good second year. Mobley, to me, is going to be the best player in the draft. And I kind of stumbled over my words, but I, I believe if he adds a three-point shot and he can make threes consistently, he will be in MVP discussions down the road. That's how good Evan Mobley can be. That's crazy. Because if he won defensive player of the year this year, you know what they're going to do, right? He they he's just always gonna be in the in mix. the discussion. He's He'll always gonna be on the mix. So, Draymond's in the conversation still. Well, I, mean, I don't yeah. think he's gonna win it, but he's in the conversation. Well, my my thing with the Ever Mobley thing is y'all hit on it is that he's really good, but everybody knows that when Jared Allen's not and he has forced to play center, he's not. He doesn't look that well. That's the thing. So what I do respect between because it's between him, Brooke Lopez, and Jaron Jack. Jaron Jackson Jr. What I respect about Evan Mobley is that he does guard everybody. He guards, he switches on guards, he plays the, he gets blocks, he gets all that, which if you're going to say a defensive player, you want a guy that can do all yes. the roles. And I think that's the difference that he has over a Brooke Lopez and over a Jaron Jackson Jr. However, it, that He's I don't he's not that great when Jared, when Jared Allen is not on the floor on defense. I think who is it? Uh, uh, Brunson was the one that went crazy on him. Well, they, they, so that was the you know, there was a time they tried to protect him from some of the bigger centers to your point. Mm. They didn't want him going up against. They've sort of released that a little bit and they're comfortable with him now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's better. You know, I mean, you want a guard playing center. You know, you're, you're he's 
He's not a natural center. I think he should be a three, but they don't want him guarding threes. All like an enti- they don't want him trying to guard Kevin Durant for an entire game or LeBron for an entire game. Like, <laughs> like, switch onto him for a few possessions. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Trying to guard him for 35 minutes a night, probably not the greatest. And he's got to develop more of, a, of an offensive, deeper range, get to his game to play the three. Uh, but I just I, I think we get too hung up on blocks sometimes. Block seems to dictate defensive player of the year. Well, sometimes. Some but years. on the steal side, I think Jaron Jackson got more average, more steals than him or something like that. Show me that graphic again, McNuggets done that Mobley versus Jackson stats. Because I think if, so, if, But the only difference is that Mobley plays more. Yeah, if Jaron played in sixty five <laughs> games this year, you know. I, I look at it because I'll be right there. Me, that that looked like it, yeah. on the defensive side looked like the, the, the advanced that. metrics. I used to never really pay no attention to to especially when it comes to the defenders. But to me, I like to look at how many shots you defend. Like how many how many contested shots can you get? Because here's the thing: like the difference between guys in the NBA knocking down threes. Be like some people think if you this close to a guy, that's uncontested. If I'm this close to Jason, he and I don't. Like that's money. Like he he's he's hitting that. Yeah. So for him to be able to contest, and the cool thing is he can contest and not even foul. Like so, I think I think he's gonna. Do you think he'll be? I, I think he'll be first team all defensive. Uh, yeah, he'll definitely be yeah. first yeah, team all defense. Sure. That, yeah. There's no question about I that. I mean, and and the the Cavs haven't had anybody on first team all defense. Have have they ever? Like I don't. I'm not. Has LeBron ever been first? No, team? I think he made a second team here or there, but not. First team. Eric offense. Snow. East Snizzle. Shout out to I mean, I thought in Miami, LeBron should have won Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. Yeah, he, he had a couple years well, where. He, he I know somebody that did do that. It's happened twice, G. LeBron <laughs> Larry know, Nance, by the way. You, okay. you want to know who did it? Lebr- I'm aware. Yeah, we're aware of him. Just wanted to let you we, know. We notice he's not on. He's, Hakeem did it, too. And Michael Jordan did, I too. I think Hakeem did it. I know he did. But I think know, Hakeem did, it too. The other guy. The, I'm talking about the most recent. The most recent guy. <laughs> That'd be Hakeem. No, actually. Mm-mm. So I what you so. gonna do, Tyvis? I think Hakeem did it when no, Michael no, no. Was Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo just did it like two years ago, two or three. MVP years ago. and Defensive Player of the Year. You better go look it up. Yeah, I think he did. What's, did wrong, he? what's wrong with you? Best player in the world. I thought Michael did it. <laughs> Michael did it in the '80s. I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Giannis just and did it's it. And it's kind of hard to do like two or three years ago. It's kind of hard to do it as a guard. It was it during the COVID year when no one was paying attention. It was the COVID year when no one was. What you talking about? What you talking about is irrelevant. <laughs> now I do remember that COVID year. They didn't win the championship. I'm confused. Well, about that. yeah, because uh, somebody got hurt. We lost to the Heat because I think Giannis got we, hurt. We this guy. <laughs> we. I mean, have you been we. to Milwaukee ever? Have you? You cashing checks now? Have you been to the Mil- Bucks? You on Jimmy's payroll now? You on the Haslam payroll? Cashing checks on the Bucks. Wait a minute. I have to be fair. I, I, I've said it multiple times. The day Kevin Durant wrote on the, the Players Tribune that he was going to go to state was the day I became a Giannis fan. So it's not like I was a bandwagon Giannis. So you could be Bucks a Jimmy fan. Sweet when the Bucks play the Cavs next year. If, in he the invites, if he invites me, he'd be like, "Hey, you know what? That's the guy that's that's really good on my pregame and postgame show, and <laughs> he sometimes hops on the Cleveland Brown radio. Let's bring him on up to you the know what I sure will go. Here's a little known fact in the black community: um, we just let people just like. Follow teams like they be like, "Hey, what's your favorite team?" I like LeBron. That's a <laughs> fact. Like, who's your favorite? I'm, I'm a Kobe fan. You be a- like, "No, I asked you, what's your favorite team?" No, 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 no. Listen, I like Gian. I'm a Giannis dude. Yep. I'm like, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we'll root for an individual in a heartbeat. And I, I used to be confused by that because, by the way, 
there was a lot of Chicago Bulls fans in Cleveland when Mike was really rolling. rolling. Uh, there was you a can't, lot. Of I mean, you can't blame him for that. You know? Yeah, my mama was. Well, my mama from Chicago, but she was a Bulls fan in Cleveland. Yeah, a lot of Lakers fans when Kobe was going before. Yeah, LeBron. There's, there's a lot of Lakers fans. What we got, McNuggets? So two things on the Mobley thing, real quick. If you guys haven't listened to, do you guys listen to the Bill Simmons podcast ever by any chance? Yes. No. No. He had Ryan Rossillo on, and they were doing their I like Ryan uh, NBA awards show, and they both voted for Mobley, and they both have official votes. They both cast for Mobley. And their reasoning, I just thought it was interesting, I want to throw it out there. Against Brooke Lopez, he's the third best defender on their team. Who? Brooke Lopez is the third best defender on the Bucks. Who's Facts. Well, who's second? Because I know Drew Holiday. Oh, okay. Drew Holiday oh, and Giannis yeah. are oh. both better defenders than yeah. Brooke Lopez. Oh, so they yeah. go, just by nature, I can't vote Brooke Lopez as the player of the year defensively when he's not even the best defensive player on his own team. Gotcha. It is remarkable how good he has been, though, given his Brooke Lopez. How old Fact. he is. I mean, he's him and Robin are the same age. Robin can't move. He, oh, listen, he's and, and Brooke is doing like it's super facts. All credit to him. He's having a great year, but I'm not voting for him. For yeah, it was it wasn't like you know crapping on what Brooke. No, done. I what know. he's done is unbelievable. His contest yeah. his contest numbers are second to none. You talk about contesting shots. Lopez is over like 11.7 contests per game. I think the next closest is like 8.2. But he also is in drop coverage and knows you have Drew Holiday, the best perimeter defender in the league, hounding dudes, and Giannis to clean up. And he else. only averages like seven rebounds a game. What is the Bucks' deep? Not that it matters, but where is the Bucks' defensive rank? Second or third? Okay, One so the they're two. right behind the. See guy. that? See that's even that's even more the fact that you got a lockdown defender on the perimeter, a guy that's that is seven. Brooke Lopez having a great year, and Giannis, who's been multiple time defensive player of the year, just once. And, well, okay, one time. Two-time MVP, though. Okay. Um, that's even more that. miraculous that you got. <laughs> that you got. I'm trying to make sure you're correct. That you got Evan Mobley. We got we got the biographer ready to go on uh, your bands. Uh, yeah, Evan Mobley, the, the Cavs is number one defense. And sometimes, like, you, I mean, and he's like 12 years old. That's like crazy. Like oh, Evan. <laughs> yeah, Evan. <laughs> I don't think Evan Mobley can drink right now, can he? I think he just turned 21. Yeah, he's 21. Uh, Simmons and Rosillo's case against J- Jaron Jackson Jr., by the way, is what Jason said. He played 63 games and only averaged 28 minutes in those 63 games. He played literally 1,000 less minutes than uh, Evan Mobley, who played in 79 games, played 35 minutes yeah. a game. And even though his block numbers and his block rate numbers are historically good in this modern-day era, he averaged the most fouls per <laughs> game in the game in the NBA, too. So when he was playing – he contested everything. He got a lot of blocks, got a lot of fouls, wasn't as overall valuable. And, and that is the why Western they Conference. both gave their vote to Evan Mobley <laughs> as their defensive player of the year. Playing the Western Conference, bro. Ain't nobody over there. And on, and on top of it, he don't pay more than Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert averages like 30-some-odd minutes. He don't play more than six, six man? Jeez. Nah, nah. Jeez. We can't give you that. Listen, go ahead and, and warm the trophy. But here's the thing. We just talked about how we thought he going to get it. What's the chances he actually gets it, Jason? Mobley? Yeah. Hmm. They 50, ro- listen. 50, they, 50, 50, 50. they robbed him on the on the rookie of the year. Like, come on now. They can't rob him two years in a row. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. They can, oh, but they, 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 I, I hope uh, they 45. Can. I see 45. I, I got it. I got it. So you think Brooke Lopez actually gets it? No, I think, no, Jared I think Jackson Jared, Jared Jackson's most got, likely gonna win it. At first, if you say it quick enough, you would almost sound like you saying Janet Jackson. Um <laughs> Jaron Jackson. See, look, it kind of sounds like it, but I got it at 40%. It might be 40% <laughs> that they're going to give it to him. What they're made gonna, you think of that? They'll give it to Janet. 
Jared Jack. Jared Jared Jack. Anyway, you're right. You're right. I am right. All right. Before we get to our interview with Kyle Krabs, I got to tell you all about memberships, and we got to talk a little Guardians. Today, in overtime, for coaches tier members of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, we are talking about one of the most disrespectful tweets in the history of tweets regarding a Cleveland Brown. For a buck ninety nine a month, it gets you in that starters tier membership. It gets you loyalty badges, custom emojis, member-only community posts. For four ninety nine, the aforementioned coaches tier, it gets you all those same starter tier perks, overtime videos, member shout-outs, discount codes, all that good stuff. Uh, Earl, myself, and Anthony are doing a post-game show for the Cavaliers' first playoff game on Sunday. A Saturday, excuse me, check in for that. But yesterday here in Cleveland... Not a pretty sight for the Cleveland Guardians. They got eviscerated by the Yankees. We're going to spend two minutes on this, ten minutes on the other part of it. But quick thoughts. Anything we have to address from last night's game? Uh, they can't hit Garrett Cole. They yeah. might like if Garrett Cole, like he's if, if he's pitching, it's a wrap. Like they, I think it's like five and zero or whatever. After they got them little runs in the first inning, he was mowing these dudes down, bro. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. These dudes was at the plate, like looking around. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like Jay. Um, Jay said, you know, the pitching staff, Savali is on the, on the DL, you know, for me, I'm looking for him to tread water. <laughs> I'm at tread water mode, right? Now. <laughs> I don't care about Garrett Cole shutting him down. He does that to everybody. I'm more concerned with Hunter Gaddis getting lit up like a Christmas tree Ooh. and Peyton Batfield going today. I wrote for the athletic a couple days ago. It's time to have the Tanner Bybee conversation. There it is. It's a lot sooner than we thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm not saying bring him up now. He was actually, he's on schedule to pitch he today. He was cooking. Uh, just based on the fact that he pitched on Friday. And generally the Guardians like to have, historically, just look at the look at their track record. Bieber had eight starts at AAA before they brought him up. Uh, Savali was around that eight. Plesak was around four. Bybee's only had one. If this was June, I think Tanner Bybee would be here. For those who aren't familiar with him, one of the crown jewels of their farm system. He's probably a, a notch below Gavin Williams and Daniel Espino, but not by much. He's a, much like Shane Bieber. He was the command guy in college. Mid-round pick, he was a fifth-round pick. Shane was a fourth-round pick. Did not throw hard in college. Now he's throwing 98 in AAA, and that could easily become 99-100 as we get into June and the weather warms. So... I just I don't feel comfortable with Gaddis and Battenfield in the rotation. I certainly don't feel comfortable with them pitching on consecutive days. You're going to burn out the bullpen. The bullpen is terrific, but we saw what happened yesterday. Now you got Battenfield going today. They do have an off day next week. It wouldn't shock me if they try and reconfigure this a little bit. Gaddis slid into the number two spot in the rotation only because of timing. McKenzie got hurt, Man, and so he was your number two starter. So just on the timing of the schedule. The way the guy they had guys set up, it was so close to the opener. Gaddis had to become your number two. So with the off day on Thursday, maybe, maybe they can reconfigure some things. Uh, but I just don't like throwing those guys on back-to-back days. And I think you're going to burn out your bullpen. That's more concerning to me than anything that happened yesterday in the game with Garrett Cole. It was just a shutout. I mean, it was just oh, they, they whooped their ass. But yeah. I knew I knew the Yankees would come back with vengeance because we beat them the first game. Yeah. So I knew how this one was going to go. I didn't think it would be like this. I thought that we were hitting well um, up until yesterday. I mean, I know Garrett Cole is a beast. I mean, I, I knew that that was going to be a struggle. But I thought that maybe just maybe we would get a we would get over on him on this one time. But no, nah, that man showed up, and it made me miss Tristan McKenzie a lot. Man, because we actually had a better chance if Tristan McKenzie was on the mound. If he's 
the same as he was last year, but I mean, they just transferred him to the 60 day. McKenzie's not coming back now. Yeah, basically yeah. June. I know June and, and we got we got to figure day. something out. We got to figure something out because this thing we can lose. Like we started off so well. The season was so hot 3 one against the, the Mariners, but it, I mean, pitching it, was a concern. It ain't it's it's Bieber and really I, the, the thing that I, Bieber I think, and then yeah, everybody I mean, else. This, I mean, you know what you're gonna get with Shane. I think this puts more pressure on Cal Quantrill mm-hmm. because you you need six and seven innings out of Cal every start because you don't know what you're going to get out of Battenfield. You don't know what you're going to get out of Gaddis. Plesak had a great start the other day. Got gave up the two run homer in the first. Settled down. I think he made it through seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you can expect to get that out of him. So it's really Bieber and everybody else. But if Quantrill can get you into the sixth, seventh inning in every start. That's because I'm I mean, they've already played four extra inning games. They've already sort of stretched this bullpen at times and we're only two weeks into the season. The Guardians bullpen is terrific, but man, you're really running the risk of overworking some of these guys. Uh, So that's just where my concern is. Cal Quantrill really has to deliver. He's gotten off to slow starts historically, but they really need him to eat some innings here, especially over the next few weeks with with both McKenzie and Alcivali down. Yeah, I you know, to me, um, this is what the the Guardians are built for. Um, when you have, at least when you have a small market team, you have you know a lot of young guys, and and I've been clapping it up. Give me Bybee, Tanner Bybee might might be up here quicker than we thought, which is a good thing for me. I want to see him anyway. Uh, I saw him pitching uh, in Double A, and uh, he has some uh, <laughs> he he got some tools. So we're gonna see him. We get an opportunity to see it. So. Um, but like I'm, I'm trying not to be a knee jerk guy when it comes to this newfound baseball thing. So I'm going to just catch y'all about Memorial Day, but I'm still Josh Josh Bell. You can start hitting any day, though, if you want to get a hit yesterday. Pull, pull up. Yeah, it is 1225, which means it's time to remind everybody the lunch hour of the ultimate Cleveland sports show is sponsored by Collie Racing, Collie Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. So last night's game, obviously no good. The rubber match is set for this afternoon against the Yankees, Guardians looking to take two of three. My question for you guys today, though, is which one of the young Guardian stars has the best chance to be a league-wide star in baseball? A guy that fans from opposing teams in Atlanta, St. Louis, name it, say, the Guardians are coming to town. I need to see X player in person like we do with well, the Shohei Otani, a judge, someone of that caliber. This is for me, but I'll let you guys go first. Well, a lot of people would say Jimenez. I mean, he's been playing well. I think – for for my for my culture, it would be Stephen Kwan, um, just because of the name, first of all. But the, Stephen Kwan has a real chance to be. He reminds me of Ichiro in every way. I mean, he's a young guy. He's a guy who's very reliable, um, and I think just with his last name, it's more recognizable. Jimenez is, you know, Jimenez. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think I like Jimenez. I, I I think Jimenez is the better player. But I like Stephen Kwan to be one of those guys who is world recognized um <clears throat> i would go see i almost went with one guy man i almost went with will brennan and the reason why is because <laughs> he's, a he- loves him. he's a hero that's what he is yeah like he, he's mvp he got, he mvp got that, he got mvp that, he got that grady sizemore effect you know what i'm saying like i ain't look, ready to go there yeah, yeah. are you, you going you it's too early for me nah for that. i mean that grady don't be hurt like grady but <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It looked like you, you it looked like you'd be a good wingman out on West Sixth. So you might be doing your thing. But I gotta go with Quan. I mean he got the international flow. Um, Rich Homie. And uh, you know, he's just 
I, I just like his game, man. Like, I just like the fact that he's the non-traditional guy playing left field. Uh, he always seems to be on base. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he can, he can hit the all fields. Like, he's a guy that I call him the party starter. You know what I'm saying? You, you listen. If you need a guy on base, he's a dude that can get it for you. Either whether it's a walk, and then he, he has the ability to stretch stuff to us from singles to doubles, doubles to triples. Mm-hmm. So for me, and he's a Gold Glover. And look at that smile. Look at that. Just got a clubhouse dude, international feeling. I'm gonna go with Quan. So we got two Quans. What you got? You well, you got two wrong answers. <laughs> Sorry guys. It's Andres Jimenez. That's what I it, said. I, I knew it. It's I knew he was close. gonna say that. Jimenez was. A, I mean, the year he put up last year at his age twenty-two season, he was over seven WAR. He was like seven point four WAR, and I think too much weight is given defensively to WAR statistics. But a seven point four WAR at your age twenty-two season, Robbie Alomar wasn't a seven WAR player until he was age thirty-one season. Like the things he's doing, he's on an MVP track. That's a, this is a cop out answer. No, it's I, not. I, I he had started, a seven. Foot. I started off by saying, "Well, you should have stayed answer, on that path because you made a wrong turn." The answer is committed. You've ended up in the woods there. at some gas station asking <laughs> Go ahead. for directions. Finish, finish it. Because <laughs> so, like the thing with MVP, there are some exceptions. Altuve won it twice as a second baseman. Pedroia won it as a second baseman. Mm-hmm. But the MVP really has become like a first base outfield type award. Like, you got to have monster power numbers to be in the conversation. I think Bryant, Chris Bryant won one as the third baseman. So there are, like, don't come at me with all the exceptions because there have been a few guys. But by and large, if you look over the last 20 years, it's predominantly first base and outfield guys. But I do think Jimenez can join Altuve and Pedroia in that MVP race. When you're, I mean, I think Altuve was a 7.8, he was a 7.8 war player when he won MVP. I think Pedroia was around 7 when he won the MVP and Jimenez is already there at age 22 and they've got him locked up for the next decade. You know, where's he going to be four or five years from now? I think if he stays at second base, they could move him to short after this year. But I, to me, he's too good at, def- at second. He's proven himself to be elite defensively at second. I think he stays there and I think he's an MVP discussions well, uh, sooner than later at the rate that he's going. The thing that I do like about him over Quan is the home run ability. Yeah. I mean, Quan is as good as Quan is. Singles hitters don't typically. Yeah, become. that's the only, but I guess it's a cop out. That's the easy answer. I don't want to go. Right I don't want to go with that easy answer. Why would I pick the Bucks <laughs> to win the series? That's the easy answer. It is. Easy. Easy. Give me the answer, but two of y'all went with Quan. So <laughs> no, I started off my explanation by saying the he easy did, answer is is Jimenez because yeah. it's the right answer. <laughs> Well, with that, it is 12.30, which means it is time to remind the world that the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show's Lunch Hour is sponsored by Collard Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. We're about to bring in Kyle Krabs here, an NFL draft expert, and this interview is sponsored by the USFL, which is coming to football fields near you this summer. Unbelievable action, great prices, family fun for everyone down in Canton. Check them out. The USFL is taking over football fields all across the country this summer, and with that, Welcome in Kyle Krabs, NFL draft expert. Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Kyle, what is this this change that now Bryce Young is now the heavy favorite to be the number one pick? Do you agree with that? And what has changed that? I, I think this is that perfect time of year where anything that's out there is out there for a reason. Um, and it's all kind of the gamesmanship. And we've heard some rumors that Houston Bryce Young might be their only guy 
And if they don't get Bryce Young, that they might be interested in potentially moving down the board. So then you ask yourself, okay, is this Carolina now getting cute with Houston to try to prompt and steal an extra pick because Houston was in talks with Chicago and then they balked at trading up. So it's all that misinformation season. And then from the book's perspective too, right? Like if there's, if they can take advantage of the misinformation that's out there to change the odds and, and kind of hedge themselves with uh, the, the actual outcomes on Thursday night in a couple of weeks, it's, it's all part of the gamesmanship this time of year and, and it's lying season at its best. So I I'm enjoying the ride and I'm trying to not to read too much in between the lines. So who would you say if you had to pick who you think going number one? I think it's Stroud. Okay. Uh, I think CJ has the most translatable skill set as far as what you're asking a quarterback to do at the next level to what he did at Ohio State. I know people will look at the helmet and they'll say, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks, but just turn on the film, right? <laughs> and watch what he's capable of doing. And, you know, the, the, the story of recent Ohio State quarterbacks is still unwritten because we're still figuring out what Justin Fields is capable of doing in Chicago too. So I've been more impressed with Stroud, his style of play as I've continued to watch the tape of not just the quarterbacks, but other position groups and kind of watching them in peripherals that I think CJ has the most direct translation. And for Carolina, look, they've been beating around the bush on potentially going out and getting a quarterback for like five, six years now. And, and you want to make sure you have a certain floor of what that player is going to be. And that's not to say that, that CJ Stroud's not a high ceiling player either, but I would want to know with the utmost confidence what I am getting with that investment. If I was Carolina. How we look at, uh, I, you know, with the quarterbacks, you you mentioned C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, um, Anthony Richardson. Uh, you hear his name creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. Mm -hmm. Guy like Will Levis. Oh, Will Levis is creeping up. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he he looks like an American gladiator right now. Uh, I don't know. If he's doing extra push-ups, but these four quarterbacks seem to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of movement. Could you see? four quarterbacks taken in the first four picks. Yeah, I think the pathway to that is a Houston being in position to get whatever their guy is, whether that's Bryce Young or somebody else. And then the Raiders uh, potentially trading up in front of the Colts for quarterback because they've been very hot on the 30 visits for all of the quarterback prospects, bringing them in. And the Jimmy G contract, you can look at it and say, oh, it's a significant amount of money. It's about $25 million per season across three years. But really the first year of it's guaranteed and that's it. So I, I think the Raiders are kind of the team that if you're going to get four, it's the Raiders willing to play a price to go to three that the Colts wouldn't pay to play defense and just trade up to three preventatively to prevent somebody from jumping them to get the fourth of the four quarterbacks. But you know, it's, it, it's a, a, a very binary thing. It's the haves or the have nots. And if you don't have a quarterback and, and these teams that we're talking about don't, uh, life for you is going to be very difficult to win on a consistent basis until you get one. So now's the time if you're in striking range. Kyle, what's going to happen to Jalen Carter? Man, I wish I knew. Um, it feels like there's one of these guys every year that is a consensus top three player. And then you get into this draft process and, and a large portion of the draft process is teams poking holes in your resume and trying to find reasons not to draft you. Now, how much of this with Jalen Carter is legitimate of concern to teams? That's to be determined. I do know he's declining visits from teams not currently scheduled to pick inside the top 10, according to his agent. Um, and that gives me a pretty good sense that 
somebody in the top 10 is going to love him enough to pick him where he might not go three where that may have been considered chalk when the draft order was set. Uh, but I still think that he's he's going to f- probably hear himself off in the first 10 picks just based on the talent. And it's it's going to be a matter of who's comfortable with the things that have come up with him as far as the effort and, of course, the off-the-field stuff with him that, that came out um, kind of in front of the national championship game. Kyle, is, Jam- is Jameer Gibbs good enough to go in the first round? Obviously, we know that. You know, B. John Robinson is one of those guys that's probably going to go first round. We know the running back value has diminished over the past few years, but Jameer Gibbs is one of those guys that, you know, is a good running back, also catches the ball out the, out the backfield, can run routes. Is he good enough to sneak up in that first round? I think in the right situation, yes. Now, you, you think about Philadelphia, who's who's picking at 30. Uh, that's a team that needs a running back. They just lost Miles Sanders to Carolina in free agency on it was a pretty impressive deal. I think it was around seven, seven and a half million dollars per year, something in that that ballpark. Uh, and they brought in Rashad Penny on a one year deal. They largely don't have a player there to step into that role. And you're going to want as many bodies as you can in the backfield to make sure that when you use Jalen Hurts with his legs, it's effective, but you're not putting too much on his plate in that capacity. So I think if he does sneak in, a team like Philadelphia would be the right spot. Eagles fans will tell you, hey, Howie Roseman would never do that. He'd never draft a linebacker in the first round. He'd never draft a running back in the first round, all about positional value. But the Eagles are kind of at a spot where I think they're kind of playing with house money. They were expected to lose at least one of their two corners they brought them both back, so they've kind of axed that need off of their list of urgent things to address. And because of that, I think maybe they are in a position to draft a player like Jameer because you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the mismatch ability that he has to line up in the backfield or line up in the slot and get really creative with the things that you do with him before the snap and then manufacture him touches, plus his instincts as a runner in general to be able to actually carry the ball in a traditional role adds up to somebody who should take a significant amount of snaps early on in his pro career. Kyle, I've been looking forward uh, to these these little three picks. I think Eric Brown's got 74-98. Uh, Are you going to ask this man who they're taking at 74? No. Okay. I'm, I'm asking. <laughs> no, I was asking 111. I wanted to pick 111. <laughs> What's the one uh, after that? <laughs> I'm like, is there, is there a linebacker? Or, or we need a linebacker. We need a. I, I would take another speedy receiver. Is there anybody worth packaging picks up to move into the second round range for a linebacker that could give me somebody that I could play today that might be ready to play immediately and a speed receiver that's still available that could add some some you know down the field threats for Deshaun Watson if I want to package those two picks to get up to the second round. Yeah, I, I think the linebacker group's a really good opportunity where uh, one of the top testers in the group was Jack Campbell from Iowa, and he's very different from uh, Owusu Koromoa as kind of the the best of the bunch that I think is in-house for Cleveland right now, where Owusu is a little undersized. He's a space guy. Campbell's more of a traditional stack linebacker with a lot of length, but surprised everybody with how well he tested athletically. So that's someone, if he gets past the picks in the late 20s, he may end up just based off positional value and linebackers in general not being a premium position sliding to the middle of the second round. And if, if you want to put the picks together and it might take a 2024 pick in addition to go up and get that done, I think Campbell's the name that, that really moves the needle uh, at the linebacker position for somebody who's different than the guys that you have in-house and would be a definitive upgrade over whether it's 
uh, Jacob Phillips or Anthony Walker. Um, I think he's pro ready. The, the instincts are off the charts there. He's been a starter for like three seasons now. Uh, I, I think Jack Campbell's your guy at linebacker if you want to make a splash. As far as speed receiver goes, uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of really attractive options. If you want speed, Scott from Cincinnati, Tyler Scott, I think is a, a really good name to watch here as kind of an unheralded name. If, if Josh Downs from North Carolina uh, gets into the middle of the second round as well, uh, he's not big, but he's actually surprisingly good in contested catch situations for a guy who's 5'9", 175, but he's got the speed, and I think he's versatile, where, where you can line him up in the slot or you can line him up at Z on the perimeter and, and ask him to run deeper developing routes. And, of course, you think about Watson and the success that he had in Houston with Will Fuller as kind of having that guy in-house. Uh, I, I see enough parallels there where I think Downs could be a name to watch if you wanted to go up, make a splash, and not covet having a bunch of picks, but having more impactful picks that are fewer. Kyle, I know we're not going to ask you to predict who's there at 74, but I did the work for you, and I went through as many mock drafts as I could find this morning for Brown's projections at number 74. Of these five options, which one do you think would fit into what the Brown? like which one of these five projected mocks at 74 do you think is the, uh, the best fit for the Browns? Mm, I, like, I like Derek Hall quite a bit. Uh, I think he has a pretty high ceiling. He's a little stiff, but he is somebody who has a lot of power. I think he would complement Miles Garrett pretty well. I think he'd be a good change-up pace from Agbo Okoronku as well, who obviously Cleveland signed in for agency. He's a little bit more undersized, uh, speed rusher type. Uh, Derek Hall, prototypical build. So if I'm looking at positional value, if I'm looking at the value of those players, I, I think Derek Hall, who has kind of gotten stagnant a little bit. There was a long time there at the end of the regular season in college football where you thought this might be a first-round pick. Uh, th that's a guy that kind of has my eye that, that I would like out of those five options. And, Kyle, one more real quick. One of my favorite parts of the draft are all of the descriptive words they use to describe offensive linemen. Hog mollies, they got the oily hips, you know, fast feet, heavy feet, whatever. Dancing bears. Yeah, do you have a favorite draft term that if you said to someone else outside of the draft context, they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? I, I think the Mayock dancing bear one will always have a soft spot in my heart just because it paints such this vivid uh, picture. And then you see guys that it embodies where they're really stocky, but they're really wide and they just have this nimbleness about them that I, I think really hits home. So give me, give me the Mayockism of dancing bears is my favorite draftism. I got to call a 20 second timeout because channel three WKYC <laughs> is so pristine there is a street sweeper cleaning the garage right now. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Like they got we talk, like I've the, actually never seen it. Either. The, the studio is like we're attached to the parking garage. I'm watching a street sweeper go up and down and clean the garage. I don't even clean my garage at home. I've never seen this. I'm mesmerized by this man <laughs> on the street sweeper. Clean. Anyway, sorry. Is it Kyle. a Zamboni? I hear it. I, I can't yeah. see it. I it's don't. a street sweeper. Like it's it's got the and I got ADD. So Kyle, I have missed the last three minutes of our conversation because I'm watching. The I'm just sweeper. mad I can't see it myself. It's amazing. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. But anyway, how many quarterbacks are going in the first round? Let's go back to quarterbacks. Hendon Hooker, any shot there? Are we at four or five? Where, where is it? I'm selling. I, I remember it wasn't that too long ago that we were talking about Davis Webb going in the first round, and you get some of these other guys that early April, late March, agent season, trying to pump guys up, gas guys up. There's a lot to like about Hendon Hooker, but he's the quintessential, in my mind, 
uh, day two quarterback to take where he's an older player. He's coming off of an injury. He's playing in a, an offense at, at Tennessee that does things with splits and spacing at the college level. That is almost a different game than what you're going to play in the NFL. And he only really took his step when getting into that offense as compared to playing at Virginia Tech. So I'm selling on Hooker. I think you get the other four guys in the first round, and you'll have four first-round quarterbacks, and they'll all probably be off the board in the top ten. Hmm. Well, well, I see that you are a huge Miami Dolphins fan. You know, with the what two gave of, it away? So, <laughs> just so having to check the background out. So with all with that being said, with Tua having the concussions, do is this the year that y'all look? in the draft to draft another quarterback like a Hendon Hooker if he's there day two or what do you think they do with their picks? I think they um, they're going to take this year. They were very quick to exercise the fifth year option for Tua and that's pretty rare. Usually the fifth year options they don't get pulled until uh, the last week of April or the first week of May kind of closer to the deadline. But I think the Dolphins have, have kind of been sick and tired of after the Brian Flores era of, of flirting with trading for Deshaun Watson for 18 months and not dismissing it. Uh, Mike McDaniel really believes in this guy if he can stay healthy, and I think they wanted to kind of put it to bed early this year. So I think their effort this year will be, hey, can we get an offensive lineman? They've got two needs on the offensive line at left guard and right tackle. Can we get a tight end in the building? Uh, can we go out and get a, a defensive tackle or a linebacker? They have two day two picks, try to, try to get players that can contribute this year and then let Tua prove he could stay healthy on the fifth year option next year or, or going into his fourth year and then make the decision long term once they get back to having a refilled draft capital because they traded a one for Bradley Chubb and they traded a one for Tyreek Hill and a bunch of stuff in the last 12 months. So I think they'll ride this year out and let Tua kind of decide for him with how healthy he can stay this year. You know, Kyle, when you look at the, you know, uh, really quickly before we let you go, when you look at the playoffs, right? If you had to take a look at the AFC, which uh, which teams do you think are most susceptible of not making the playoffs that made it last year? Oh man, um, I think we need to figure out what the heck's going on with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, and obviously the Odell Beckham signing is a, a promising step because he and, and Lamar hopped on the uh, the phone and, and we're chatting it up. I think Jacksonville's a good bet. Um, I'd be interested to see what the Chargers are able to do with some of their weak spots. Uh, they play or they're going to be in a more competitive division this year. I think the Broncos will be much better than they were last year. Uh, but the Chargers have to get better on the defensive line and run defense. And uh, they've had some attrition from a talent perspective. So uh, I think the Chargers are one to watch just because of playing in the West that I think will be better. And then obviously if Aaron Rodgers comes to the AFC East, you, you have to acknowledge the Dolphins as potentially being the third team in the AFC East if they're not able to stay healthy in key spots as well. So I look at Baltimore, Miami, and Los Angeles and say those are three teams that uh, one of them is definitely going to be out just based off law of averages, but we'll see which one doesn't break the right way. Kyle, good stuff from you. We'll talk to you uh, hopefully soon. Um, and hopefully your Dolphins don't perform as good as the Browns. We're just going to keep it honest because <laughs> we, we, we would like your spot. We would like to be in the playoffs. So that's just why. Wait, 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 wait. Before we let Kyle go, Kyle, I, I have one question. You may not know the answers. How long have you been doing like detailed scouting reports on, on players coming out of the draft? Uh, tw 2013. So about 10 years now. Yes. So let's go back to 2016. Yes. Man. Did you okay. happen to have a scouting report on one Tyvis Powell, a safety from Ohio State? You know, I'd have to dig into the archives. I remember 
watching the name, I remember writing some notes down, was definitely blue chip prospect, top of the first round kind of guy from my memory off the top of my head. <laughs> really? God bless you. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know, I, I, you know what? I change your, I'm this, cutting your ass. This man has got so much credibility. You know what? They need Mel Kuyper and them need to move aside and let you just go ahead and be that guy because you recognize true talent. I just changed him. I'm keeping Tiger and I'm cutting your ass. <laughs> this, this, guy, this dude, man. You Kyle, thank this, you so much, man. Appreciate you it. Day, Kyle. I appreciate you guys. It's chat too. All right. See you, Kyle. Have I a good one, Kyle. Take care. Now you, now, listen, now, what? now you in there with JOK. You, he sent me something. Tyvis sent us something in the chat. He said, yeah, I'm 3% body fat. <laughs> like he, he don't even come out and just like, it'd be like, bam. That's not know? that's not what I said. I didn't say anything. Well, I just sent the like, picture. He just he just said, boom, 3%. I have 3% fat. body fat in this leg <laughs> yeah, right but, here. <laughs> like, I was born with 3% fat <laughs> everywhere. Well, I mean, naturally, he, I'm not a I'm not yeah, a big guy. Tyvis is like, man, I got 3%. If I lose weight, I'm going to lose muscle. Yeah. Oh, boo. Tyvis goes, I'm not a big guy. He's 6'3", 228 he with 3% body said, fat. You, you were You're a linebacker. You're a linebacker in this new age. He's talking about I ain't a big dude, bro. Because if I, if I started, like, playing basketball or something, I lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds like that. Oh, it's awful. Oh, boo-hoo. So <laughs> Y'all is sick, Do man. we have the world's smallest violin to play for our good <laughs> friend, Tyvis Powell? Too, I'm trying to get back to 215, and it's just not. If I play basketball, I lose an ankle. It's impossible. Yeah, if I lose basketball, I dislocate my whole lower body. <laughs> from and hips knee. down. Y'all got to get active, Lost the knee for six weeks. Yeah, if you dislocate your glutes, that's like, bro, they're like, but G. Bush, that's a muscle group. No, it's all torn. Everything. Really? Bloody. <laughs> Man, well, I'm about to hoop with McNuggets on the ninth. So let's see. How old is you? Twenty nine, bro. It's always, <laughs> it's always around them thirties, man. Them thirties, man. Like it, be, it, it, be, you got guys landing up underneath you. McNuggets and his ta- ragtag I'm a, crew. I'm an athlete, though. They gonna listen. They gonna be playing hard. They gonna find out you went to Ohio, Ohio State. That's They're gonna thing. be playing extra hard. Gee, I'm 228. I'm going to the hole like LeBron. They better get out the way. <laughs> you better move or suffer the consequences. Man, boy, <laughs> you know they, all it takes is tell them McNuggets. I'm going for it all. I'm coming. Boom! <laughs> I, I told Tyvis he can play with whatever he wants. They uh, invited him multiple times. Also, if you guys have not been invited, I want to cordially invite you guys to the Greeny Lakes Collectors Convention card show on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this weekend at the Fieldhouse in Independence, Ohio. It's where the passion of sports fans, collectors, and sports talks enthusiasts collide. 50,000 square feet of ball card bliss, hundreds of display tables, and card shop live theater with interactive appearances from some of the most notable media members in the greater Cleveland area, including G. Bush and Adam the Bull themselves great cards great location great show tickets on sale now at greedy we will be there on sunday i heard there's a papa shot which is i'm taking everybody's money in papa shot when we're down there at the field house it's also one last reminder that the lunch hour of the ultimate cleveland sports show is sponsored by colleague racing the official nascar team of northeast ohio we got 10 minutes left guys there were two playing games in the nba last night mm. the heat we all thought they were going to win. They got shellacked. It was the least entertaining 11-point game of all time. Mm. And the Lakers needed overtime to beat the Rudy Gobert-less Timberwolves. Thoughts on the two games? Did you enjoy? Did well, you watch? Yeah. Do you care? I hated the Heat game. Was I turned it on. It was a shocker. I didn't think they'd be down like that. But I guess 
Jimmy Jimmy didn't have the the type of game that he usually have. Usually a playoff Jimmy comes in and you know he's good for a good 30, 40 points. And I seen him missing free throws, which is unusual. He couldn't make no shots. So I, I knew where that which way that was going. I thought the Hawks had a lot more energy that youth seemed to have kicked in and they just really took over that game. They was hitting shots. Um, as far as the Lakers game go, I mean, did y'all we knew that LeBron was not go lose this game. I mean, hey, even though D'Angelo Russell only had two points, like it, it's just they all Anthony Davis and LeBron came to play. They had some good bench play from uh, Schroeder off the bench. I think he had 21 off the bench. And on top of that, Anthony Edwards laid an egg, man. He was like six for 17 or so. Man. It was terrible. Is, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought him being the guy that he is, no. I thought he would take over this game and at least be able to bang he, with LeBron, but he did not show up. Jason, these guys, listen, he's medium sauce. Dang. Like, Me, Anthony Edwards, medium sauce? Carl, Carl Anthony Towns had the Reed boy on, Reeves boy <laughs> on him, and he wanted, he's stepping back. Cat. They should have, like, come on, bro. You like, like these guys are frauds. Listen, last year we seen Patrick Beverly act like he won the lotto. He took his jersey off, threw it in the stands, was shedding tears. I thought we was gonna get that moment last Man, night. I, listen, by the way, Jimmy Butler is old. So uh, he, the, the, he just the, had a great playoff run last year. The, 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 the Heat. I, you, that proud organization. It's not gonna, like they out. Of, wait, are they out of it? No, or they no. got the they got another game, right? They, they got to now play the, the winner of the other playing Bulls game. and Raptors. I but, think it but, is. Yeah. correct. But it's Jason. It's, it's time from the tank. It's time. It's time. It's for a little late for that. <laughs> <laughs> We're well past that. No, I hey, like, I'll be the owner. Tank. I, I would be. A, I'll be the owner like that would go to my people and be like, hey, is it? Hey, can we tank? They're like, it's too late. Coach, we're in the playing game. I'm like, mm, you sure we can't? Ain't no more games past this one. They don't have, they don't have no assets to work with. Like, I, I, I like what they're trying to do, and they're like hard nosed guys and Jimmy Butler and Kyle. Like, that ain't gonna get it done no more, bro. <laughs> that is not Tyler Hero. Okay, that's cool. That's not gonna get it done. They did, they did really well. The Hawks did really well defending Bam out of bio last night. I mean, he couldn't get to the cup to save his life. Well, I'll, I didn't see the Hawks game. I'll be honest. We were at friend's house, but I was shocked at the score. I thought Miami would roll. I still think Miami's going to get in. I think they'll beat either Toronto or Chicago. I'll be really shocked if they if they lose entirely. And Miami don't tank with Pat Riley. They don't ever. They don't tank. never. They, they don't lost, never reset. They lost LeBron and said no. I, I want to see. The, I want to see the Bulls beat them because I want to see Patrick Beverly jump on the scorers table again. <laughs> throw his jersey. But, but go ahead. Well, the 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 Lakers game. I mean. LeBron had 30, 10, and six and didn't play well. Like I, yeah. that was that was like a typical game one LeBron. Yeah, it was. Only I, problem was that was like game six and a half last night. Yeah, like and he was playing it like it was game one. Like never, not I, until he dove on the floor. Like the last five minutes, he was balling. But until then, I just thought he was in cruise control the whole night. They were down fifteen at one point. I thought, what is going yeah, it was, on? It was, it was, <laughs> they did not play well. I still think. I mean. I don't know if we talked about it. I don't think we did. I think they're going to the conference finals. I've thought that well, for they, a while. I think McNutt they said they favorite to be. They are. I, I am they, either moved since this morning, but they are plus 105, and the Grizzlies are minus 110. So essentially <laughs> dead even odds yeah. in the 7-2 series, which if you look at the Eastern Conference, the 7-2, the Celtics are minus 10,000. To win the series, so. I, I I think you know it's definitely. I think <laughs> That's the Suns, ridiculous. I think the Suns got a real good chance if they can just. I think the Suns uh -huh. are. Go I think, 
I, we're probably getting ahead, but I'm not here Friday, so screw it. I'm yeah, going to say what I want to say. That. I think it's Suns-Lakers conference finals in the West. Suns probably win that, but I th- the Lakers, I think they really needed to win that game last night. I think they got a better path as the seven than the mm-hmm. eight. I don't know who I like it. So I, I, well, you're not supposed to say, well, yeah, you can say screw it. I ain't here Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking over the show. We got five minutes yeah. left. Yeah. But right. I, I, I thought for a while, if, if LeBron is engaged and motivated and feels like they got a chance, you're going to get the full LeBron. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like because it's been a few years since we've seen that. I don't know, but if, if he thinks AD is healthy and motivated, engaged, like LeBron has said multiple times, if I, if it's worse to get there and lose. I'd rather not get there at all. But so if he doesn't think they can win, then, but I, but the fact that he came back as quick as he did from the from the injury tells me he's locked and, in and motivated. And, I think they can make the conference and finals. And I think you you see the little twinkle. Like it's something to be said for like, oh, I'm I'm in a dance because LeBron feels. If I'm in the dance, he, he's on record multiple times. He said for years, I, I don't care about seating. I don't care where we're at. Just get me in and get out of the way. But now, is that still, is he still that guy? I don't know. But I, the West, who who in the West scares you that you think they can't beat? There's no team in There's the West. There's no team that, in yeah. this unbeatable. Uh, uh, Lil Dirk, a.k.a. John Morant, we're not scared of you. Like, outside of the, we're terrified of you outside of the, the building. <laughs> Especially when you're with your Terrified. boys. Terrified. Like, you are a menace outside. You as mean in these streets. I want no problems with you. Don't run off the boat. But I will say, on that court, you don't want no problems. Listen, that game, that series, and Steven Adams is out. That's the problem that right Steven there. Steven Adams is out. All you need is Anthony Davis to just be Pelicans Anthony Davis for about Jaron Jackson gonna have to win that DPOI for this. Yeah, that's he gonna have to work for that. But uh, yeah, I have no, I have no faith in them. Um, I guess it was the Nuggets. I have to be, I, and I don't really. And the thing the about Nuggets are the most disrespected one seed ever. Well, on that's planet, because of all time. that's because Nikola Jokic he gets to the to playoffs, and for some odd reason they punk him every year, it, and it's I, unbelievable. I just can't. All right, so if you t- this is the crazy part. If I look at a healthy Durant and a healthy LeBron or a healthy Steph Curry, I'm not taking the Nuggets over none of them. <laughs> I'm just not. I can't. I, I can't I say. Blame, I don't blame you. I just. I can't. I can't see them going into a playoff and him just killing them. I still think everybody right go to stay off, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. Because they can just if they start, they turn it on. It's Nothing you can really do about it. It's kind of it's more interesting than people let, let the on. West is very interesting. It's interesting, and I think the only only series people are gonna watch. Get ready, Cleveland. That four or five series. Oh, that's the best one. That's the best series. It's the best and one. people will be watching all over the place because it could go either way. Yeah, nobody really got a finger on who gonna actually win now. Every other one you can kind of predict where how it's gonna go, but this one is it bad? Is it bad? I got a feeling that what, the Cavs gonna lose one of them first two games. That's not. Crazy at all. Yeah, I, I just I can I, see him losing the very first one, yeah, and then yeah, that, and I, then hopefully after that they just I, well, they're gonna go seven games. I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be highly contested, and like you said, they can't they gonna have to win a game in New York. They gonna have to like yeah. Um, so I you know do we have a we have final takes McNuggets? Who got a final take? Nobody. We, we got, got ninety seconds, so if someone we got time for one. Does anyone want to fire one off? I'll, I'll fire one off today. You gonna play it? You gonna do the thing? Yeah, we'll play it, Tavis. I got you. Don't worry. Pause. It's real, real quick, real quick. So I was on my drive up from Columbus today. You know, obviously I drive Columbus to Cleveland on Wednesday, and you know, I, typically I listen to an audio book, but today I let the I let the music ride today, right? And 
I got this old school playlist that y'all y'all moms and aunties and grandparents will really respect, okay? And as I'm listening to this this 80s and 90s R&B, it made me realize that the music today is trash. <laughs> Our R&B music is just trash. It, it, uh, it don't talk about nothing no more. Like, back in the day, like, they was actually, like, in love. Outside of uh, Too Close. That was, once you get older, you realize oh. what Too Close is actually saying. You're like, man, that's kind of crazy. But anyways. You go to jail. I know, right? But uh, I was sitting there, and I'm just listening. I'm comparing old school <laughs> R&B to our R&B today, and it's not even close, man. Like, we got to figure this out. Like we gotta get in love again or something. We it's too much. Society has made love look bad. We need to just fall in love and just be happy again. It's my Kyle Krabs just sent me his scouting report for Tyvis Powell. It's a bang we up. will show you what he graded Tyvis Powell in overtime. Yes. Stick around. <laughs> you make it hard for me. <laughs>